welcome to another episode of the Runners Podcast. Today with Eve Quickly. Oh, by the way, do you pronounce your name Eve or Eve? <laughs> Eve. Eve. Okay. Yeah. So I always thought that's like the German pronunciation, but yeah, it, it's like Eva, but just with the with the e at the start instead Eve. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So <laughs> in today's episode, we will talk about being vegan and running on a high performance level. So welcome, first of all, to this podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So I thought we, we would break down the podcast in different sections. We will first uh, talk a little bit about your running background. You can introduce yourself a little bit. Then about your vegan background. When and why did you become became vegan? What it means to you in your everyday life? And then what's most important for, for the runners podcast, how you combine being vegan and being a runner and how it affects your performance, your recovery, your competitions. And then maybe to wrap up, uh, what are your main conclusions from being vegan for quite some time, I think, uh, <laughs> and what tips you could you could give to other athletes that want to want to give it a try? So with that plan, do you want to uh, start by just in a few sentences introducing uh, you as a person, as a runner? So maybe since when do you run? What are your goals and what are your favorite distances? Such things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm Aoife Quigley, as you already said, and I'm a trail runner, I would say. I started running in England, which is where I grew up. I'm now English and German, but I grew up uh, originally in England. Uh, and at the time, I just, I'd say I ran more just for fun. So just a few times a week, if at all, sometimes I wouldn't run for a few weeks. I did do some competitions. I ran a few marathons, but it was always very much on a on a fun run basis and never with any sort of goal or desire to run any sort of time and then I moved to Germany a while ago now I'm trying to think back when to 2013 I think uh, and then I moved eventually to Heidelberg to do my master's degree there and that's I think when I started trail running and I really fell in love with it and I did some competitions for the first time including the um, trail marathon in Heidelberg and um, I noticed that I was good at it and I really enjoyed it and I think that was really what pushed me to then start training a little bit more systematically and then I started to want to do better or to, to compete with myself and then to compete with others yeah I'd say that was my running development over the years and now uh, I'm a very passionate trail runner I want to compete on an international level and obviously I have to train a lot for that but I enjoy it Do you have any specific uh, race goals in this year? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, of course, we have to hope that the um, races will take place because who knows. But if they do, then I'm planning on running the Golden Trail National Series. So in trail running, there's the Golden Trail uh, World Series, which is um, organized by Salomon. And that's it's an amazing well, a selection of amazing races where really the best trail runners come together and run. And I did take part in a few of them in 2019. And now I'd like to do the national series because uh, there are a few really cool races in Germany and in Austria as well. And uh, I think that if I train really hard, I could potentially do quite well running mm -hmm. them. Maybe just as a side note for the listeners, how we two know each other. Um, I also oh, yeah. studied in Heidelberg and we used to run the same team, the Engelhorn sports team. But since this year, I think you're you're an athlete of the Salomon team. 
which is more tailored to trail running. <laughs> but we <laughs> still know each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Okay, so being vegan, let's yeah, let's switch to that topic. When did you actually start being vegan, or how did you actually start being vegan? Uh, I've been a vegetarian all my life. So my family is vegetarian. I was brought up a vegetarian, uh, and I always wanted to continue being vegetarian. So my parents gave me the option of eating meat outside of the home but I never wanted to and then I became a vegan when I lived in Germany so I think it was in Cologne in 2012 just before I moved to Heidelberg I think I then became a vegan and I've stuck with it ever since yeah there were a few moments in my childhood where I tried it out and um, but it never really stuck and it was only once I moved to Germany that I then decided permanently and I think the reason was is that it was The reason I became a vegan was for ethical reasons, so for for animal for the animals, and beforehand it had been just health reasons and interested in trying it out. And I think that the ethical reasons are kind of reasons that you would then stick to more than if you're just interested in improving your health. Mm-hmm. If you see what I mean, because it's somewhat more profound. Well, it depends yeah. on on what your what your priorities are, I guess. Maybe yeah. nowadays <laughs> you would even uh, become vegan just for being more performant. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. There are different, yeah, or environmental reasons as well, but at the time. Yeah, true. Yeah. Did you have those in mind as well back then? No, not back then. I mean, at the time it really was just because I thought about why I was a vegetarian and um, then extrapolated that to, well, okay, if I believe this, then I want to be a vegan as well um, for all of those reasons. But then I guess over the years, the environment has become such a such a big issue. And I've really and I've thought about it a lot. And I think that those reasons have kind of merged into the other reasons as well. So there's now not just one sole reason that I'm vegan, but also environmental and also I feel health as well. So you're not planning on changing your diet in the near future? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how do you define being vegan? Maybe some listeners don't really like know the term or yeah, mm-hmm. you can explain it in your words. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, being a vegan is also what people want it to mean a lot of the time. So some people will just define it over by the diet, what you're eating. So you're not eating any animal products at all. So that's not just meat, but it's also dairy products. Some some vegans even say go so far as to say honey, for example, from bees, that you're not eating any animal products at all. And then there's also beyond the diet, the lifestyle veganism, right, that you wouldn't buy any leather products because that's also an animal product and that you try to avoid anything that's in some way caused harm to animals. But I guess, again, like, like we talked about before, I guess it depends on whether you're a vegan for for the animals or a vegan for your health, because if you're a vegan for health reasons, then there may be no reason to avoid wearing leather. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it, I guess it depends. And when you think back about uh, when you started in 2012, would you say it is easier now to start becoming a vegan than back then? Yeah, I'd say it's a lot easier. It's really interesting to see how many more vegan products there are in supermarkets, specifically vegan or just, you know, things like tofu that was quite, that, was around back then as well, but it's just so much more prevalent now and you can buy it everywhere and not just in specific supermarkets. And also the number of restaurants that offer vegan options or restaurants that are just vegan or cafes that are just vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has really changed and I think it's a lot easier now. 
And when you think back about your starts, was it really, I don't know, a sneaky hobby that was really difficult to get some food? Or how do I have to imagine it? I mean, now you can just go to the supermarket and find vegan stuff. But yeah. I don't know, in the main supermarkets here in Germany, if you found tofu or so 10 years ago. You did, but you had to look a bit harder. I think it was more complicated to, to find things. And I know that when I used to go out with friends um, to restaurants or to bars or places like that, um, that sometimes I wouldn't be able to get anything. I'd have to get like a, a side dish <laughs> or a salad or something. And now that's not really the case so much. Most places have one vegan option, if not several. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that we live where we're based now, Heidelberg. Um, I think it's quite um, quite green and environmentally friendly and maybe they have more more vegan options than in other places in Germany. I'm thinking of Bavaria, for example, which may not have quite so many um, things. But I do think in general, um, a lot more people have become vegan. So obviously there's more of a market for it. Okay. Mm. And do you define it for yourself very strictly? So when you go to the supermarket and you find, I don't know, a deep fried product of vegetables or so where there might be some egg or, you know, there's sometimes just yeah. a little mm. bit of milk inside something where you don't even expect it. Do you really look for that? To be honest, I think at the start I did because I um, didn't know what products contained. And it's really odd, you know, sometimes you buy a packet of crisps that's ready salted and it contains um, milk powder, which is mm -hmm. really odd to me. But at the start, I used to look out for that. And I, I would say I still do. But now I know which products are vegan and which ones aren't. The thing that I'm not too bothered about is when it has um, when you see on the on the packet, it says might contain traces of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's, I think, mostly because it's made in a factory where they've handled yeah. nuts or whatever. So I guess it's more for allergens than anything else. And I don't that's not really a problem for me. Okay, and then moving to now your your everyday life, how do you go? Um, I don't know about uh, food shopping, about cooking or so. Is it is it still difficult for you, or I guess after ten years you you know your meals and you know your supermarkets? <laughs> but tell us uh, maybe a little bit about your challenges of everyday veganism. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. To be honest, I really don't find it that challenging. And I don't know whether that's just because I was a vegetarian before. So I was kind of used to looking out for specific products um, and avoiding the meat aisle. Um, and I think I think people often have the misconception that um, as a vegan, you always have to have a replacement for meat. And there are just so many things that you can buy in every supermarket that are vegan, beans, lentils, um, vegetables in general, that you don't always need to have the, the meat replacement that... Um, yeah that's in a lot of supermarkets so I don't I don't find it too challenging I in, interestingly when I go somewhere else um so to I don't know when we've been on holiday to places um sometimes in in those smaller um supermarkets you can't find things like plant-based milk so they won't have any oat milk they'll just have normal milk that's when it's a bit more challenging but that's I guess more going on holiday and getting out of this this area that's more yeah. challenging but around where, where I live I don't really have any difficulty finding vegan stuff yeah and you mm. also buy everything yourself or do you make something yourself like rice milk or I don't know something? I tried in the past but I think <laughs> it's more effort <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's really worth it at the end at the end of the day I don't know I mean I think it's probably quite quite fun if you have the time yeah but um yeah no <laughs> maybe I'm too lazy <laughs> Yeah, now with Corona, I'm trying some of these things like yogurt or homemade bread and so yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. 
but, but it's a lot of effort <laughs> yeah and and the packaging and so on it's it's quite tricky and it doesn't last so long like it, it mm-hmm. goes bad uh, more quickly but um anyways the are you in your everyday life uh, then concerned about taking any supplements yeah that's really interesting that's the kind of the question that most vegans and vegetarians get is about um supplements because obviously iron and um b12 are two things that are meant to be quite difficult to get as vegetarians and vegans um, I've never, so I, like I said, I've been a vegetarian all my life and I only supplemented iron once, which is when I did a, I had a checkup and my iron levels were a little low. So I didn't have anemia, but they were just on the low, on the low side. And um, the doctor suggested maybe supplementing for a few months. Um, but I, other than that, I just try to, to make sure that I get iron through, through plant-based sources. So lots of spinach, leafy vegetables, lentils, beans, they all contain lots of iron. Um, and B12, I have supplemented sometimes, but mostly I just try to get it through fortified food. So, you you know, you can buy milk with or plant milk, um, soy milk, for example, um, enriched with B12, oh, okay. things like that. Or um, my favorite is, uh, which you will hate because you're German, but it's Marmite. <laughs> Marmite is, um, is a yeast based um, spread that English people like on their toast. And it has B12 in it. And it's okay, really, never heard of really it. nice. You will hate it. I don't think I've ever found a German person that likes it. Okay. <laughs> but how do you know when you have to supplement, though? Did you get, do you regularly check your blood? or? No, but that would be something I think everyone should do. So not just vegans and vegetarians, but I think in general, just because of the way that we now live our lives, it's probably quite good to to get regular checkups. And it was it's something that I do want to do, but I admit that I haven't done it that often. So just during this checkup that I told you about, um, they'd also checked the blood val- blood values. But other than that, not that often, no. And if you say uh, most people always think that you uh, need a meat supplement, how do I have to imagine if you plan a regular dish for example some vegetables some carbohydrates and do you then take a tofu steak with it or do you just leave out the meat part or i mean for you it probably becomes very natural but i think for me if i would like think about a meal plan now Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would yeah i would try to try to find an alternative for the meat part probably and not just leave it out yeah um, which is good <laughs> because I know a friend of mine when we were at university she tried out being a vegan and her attempt at being vegan was just to eat exactly what she'd eaten before but without the meat yeah. so at the end it was really not at all a balanced diet and I think that's quite uh, something that you have to have to try and avoid as much as possible I know what you mean I find it really difficult though to think about what's specific about <laughs> my meals so I would just make, for example, a curry, and then I guess in the curry the the, the protein element would be mostly be tofu, mm-hmm. or um, I would make like a lentil stew or something, and then the combination between lentils and rice or whatever makes a protein as well. Um, yeah, so lots of beans, chickpeas, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Lots of pasta. I love pasta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think most runners do. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess if, if you're thinking about what you were supplementing the meat for, it would usually be a kind of a bean thing or bean chickpeas, tofu, mm-hmm. tempeh is really nice. And in terms of supplements, um, I was thinking, do you need to supplement anything that's inside of fish, actually? Aren't there specific things inside fish, like certain fats or so, that are only in fish? or? 
I think you might be right. Things like um, Omega. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I think through a lot of seeds you can get things um, like that. I would have to I would have to check. But I eat lots of different seeds. Um, in my I eat porridge every morning. That's very English, maybe. Um, and I always have lots of seeds in it. So like chia seeds, uh, lin seeds. Um, and I think they contain omega. But I I might be wrong. So don't okay. take my word for it. <laughs> And for example, when I imagine uh, eating bread with something on it, many people will think about cheese and bacon, not bacon, ham or so. Mm -hmm. um, what what would you typically typically put on your bread or do you never eat just bread with something on it? I do. So my favorite thing to have on bread is Marmite. No, but I mean, uh, no, <laughs> no, nobody would like that. Um, but you can have a lot of different spreads. So I guess like hummus or um, these days you can buy different types of um, yeah, spreads, like aubergine spread or whatever spread. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, the vegan ones out there as well. You can also buy um, vegan cheese mm -hmm. right, or, or vegan ham. Yeah. But I think that's a very personal thing, whether you like it or not. Um, there's like some brands that I like, but some brands that I find are quite disgusting. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that depends. Those products are quite new, right? All those yeah. Yeah. meat uh, substitutes that are vegan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think especially cheese, because I think that's something that lots of people miss when they um, become vegan. They really want cheese. So I think that's a market that they've really been working on to try and find cheese options. And there are some out there now, especially for things like... Um, camembert that they use the same cultures that are used to make camembert but use it with like cashew milk instead of normal milk yeah yeah and um i mean it's been a long time since i've eaten normal camembert but for me it tastes very realistic so yeah. maybe you would have to try it <laughs> because you'll be able to compare yeah but you do eat all of those um like vegan cheese products Because I also know some vegans that would say, nah, I only eat the raw or the real <laughs> ingredients and mm -hmm. otherwise it's industrialized or it's processed. That's the word that I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, I think that's when you have to decide why you're a vegan. So like I said, um, it's not that I want to be unhealthy and it's not that I only eat processed food, but I don't also, I don't really care about it that much. As in, um, I generally try to be healthy, but if I want to have a, a burger and some chips sometimes yeah. I will and so that's yeah that's not the reason I became became a vegan and I think it is really possible to be a very unhealthy vegan there are lots of unhealthy options out there for vegans as well yeah um so I mean I, I know lots of people always associate healthy and vegan but that's mm. the health kick and I remember once um at university someone once said to me they saw me eating like a chocolate bar or something and they said I thought you were a vegan I said yeah it's vegan and they were like yeah but that's not healthy <laughs> but that's not That's not what being vegan is all about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess it depends. <laughs> yeah, true. And I was wondering those typical things like dairy or, um, no, dairy, that's the word, <laughs> the other way around. How do you supplement when you bake, for example, butter or, uh, well, milk is quite obvious, but eggs as well? Do you always have egg powder and then vegan margarine, I think? Is that the word? <laughs> yeah, margarine, yeah. I think that some people try to replace, um, so they have original recipes and then they try to replace them with vegan yeah. egg replacement, whatever. And I always think those recipes are not as successful as purely vegan recipes, so ones that have been designed to be vegan. Um, and that's when, for the egg bit, you because, I mean, egg has two purposes, right? It has one purpose, it's meant to bind the 
everything. So then you can use like banana or or apple mousse or something that makes everything stick together. And then the other purpose is obviously to make something rise and you can use like baking powder or things um, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that it's better to use a vegan recipe than a recipe for a normal, yeah, for a general cake that you've then just replaced. And how about exceptions? Maybe, well, on Christmas or so you go home and your mother has cooked something or when you're in a hotel or so and there's no vegan option, what do you do? Do you always have in your pocket like a <laughs> giant uh, vegan <laughs> Snickers or so? Or <laughs> um, I must say I don't never really, I don't think I've ever, since I became vegan, ever intentionally not eaten vegan food except once and that was um I guess unavoidable is when Fabio and I we did a tour across the the Alps called the Berliner Hörnweg uh, and we um arrived at the hut on the first day that we were meant to stay the night at and we got there a little bit late <clears throat> and there was no food left and all that was left was um pasta and gorgonzola sauce which was all they had and we didn't have any food with us and we were starving because we hadn't eaten all day so we thought okay we'll just eat the gorgonzola pasta and I can tell you now it was the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life because (laughs) if you're a vegan and you eat dairy after having been a vegan for a long time your body um, stops developing the I think lactase enzyme that breaks down milk so if you then do eat milk or cheese and your body has an adverse reaction to that (laughs) Which is why, no exceptions. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, but other than that, no. I mean, my, my parents have always been really supportive of my decision to be a vegan because being vegetarians themselves and my mum's always um, made an effort to find recipes and then we cook them together for Christmas. And so I've never felt um, left out or that I, or that I, yeah, would have to eat something else. I think for me, it would be tricky to know, for example, when you're in the city and uh, at a bakery or so, I wouldn't really know like what I could buy where no egg is inside or where's, where there's no milk inside or so. But I, I guess you you kind of know after 10 years, you probably just have to yeah. ask a lot in the, or look a lot in the first years. And then I think, you no, know, but I think you're you're right when you're um, traveling and you don't know where what's vegan. I, I tend to eat in, in emergency situations, I just get a pretzel <laughs> because the only thing that I know is generally vegan and it doesn't it's not just dry bread. <laughs> um, but it's also not particularly healthy, which is why usually when I'm doing on business trips, I try to make food in advance and then pack it in like a, a thermo thing that keeps it warm. Yeah. Um, yeah. For just the one night trips or um, day trips um, rather than ending up eating a pretzel from a bakery. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also discussed the other day uh, with Pierre that when you do a lot of sports, you actually cannot really eat a lot out anymore because the portions often are too small. <laughs> so, I, so as an athlete, you have to take your own food anyway, so very often. <laughs> or just order three portions always. Yeah, well that. <laughs> you do that quite a lot. <laughs> Okay, anything else about everyday life that you want to share or should we move to the part of being vegan and a runner? Yeah, we can move on to that. Okay, (laughs) so my first question would be, did you realize any changes in your performance or your recovery when you became a vegan? I guess 10 years ago you didn't run on on the same level as now, but maybe still you remember some changes in your body? 
I have to admit that I did not really notice any changes at the time. I mean, obviously, there's always there was a two week period where my body adapted to becoming a vegan, <laughs> which wasn't always very pleasant, and um, because because it isn't, it's, it's very different. You kind of think, oh, it's not, it's not um, that big a, a big a deal if you've been a vegetarian before, but um, just getting used to not consuming dairy products um, is something that your body still needs to adapt to. But in terms of performance, I don't think I really noticed any difference at all. It's difficult to know because I, I wasn't really training in the same way that I train now. But also, I don't know if there's a huge difference between um, vegetarian and vegan. But I yeah. did ask Fabio as well, and he said he didn't notice any differences either. When you said uh, you realized some changes by um, leaving out the dairy products, uh, what changes did you realize? I think normally you you realize more changes when you do eat something that you're not used to. But if you just leave it out, how did, did, yeah. did you have a special, special specific carving for milk? Or <laughs> no, I mean it was more of a disgusting example <laughs> that I was going to give you, which is why I didn't say anything. But um, <laughs> when you eat a lot of vegetables and you no longer have the uh, have the dairy products. Um, it's that first your, your body needs to go through an adaption process, which okay. means in the first two weeks it's um, it's not that pleasant. Okay. <laughs> no, because now I'm 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 breastfeeding and I really have some carving for milk often, which I never really had before because before I often drink, I never really drink cow milk that much, mm -hmm. and now supposedly my body needs more calcium oh, yeah. and. I guess that's why, because I don't know, a friend of mine told me that she had the same thing. <laughs> and yeah, I was wondering if you're a vegan and then breastfeeding, if you then, I don't really know what other products besides the dairy products have a lot of um, calcium. I think some nuts or so do have, have as well. Well, yeah. and I was wondering if you then have a carving for speci specific nuts or so. Maybe. I don't know. It would be difficult. It would be interesting to know. But I think also... Um, vegans that um, end up um, getting pregnant and having and children also experience cravings for for non-vegan food. Oh, okay. I read as well. And how about competitions? Do you find it difficult to find something to eat maybe during a competition <laughs> at eight stations or so, or afterwards when there's a the large buffet and? Yeah, I mean, I never, I never take food from the eight stations just because because of that reason because I don't think. I could ever rely on them that they would have uh, something vegan. So obviously like bananas and orange slices, that's fine. But if you're doing a longer race, you're not going to survive on bananas and orange slices. Yeah. So I always take um, food with me or um, um, sports drinks or whatever. Um, what but afterwards, of that, sorry, that, what are you afraid of that you, that you would eat something wrong just to, in terms of your ethics or in terms of your body responding strangely? I guess originally when I first became vegan and I was um, competing and wasn't really too worried about the times that I was running or how fast I was running, it was more that I was worried that I would have an adverse reaction to anything that I ate. If it was, um, and now it's also the same that I like to know exactly what I'm, I practice uh, eating things in training. So I, I mean, because I have, I have a few problems anyway, getting food down during races. So I have a lot of sports drinks now rather than gels or bars or anything so that's i guess kind of not really related to the veganism so much but it's why i avoid um food at aid stations in general 
Um, and you were going to say any, something else. But I oh, yeah, yeah, but after <laughs> after the race, that's always really sad because sometimes, I guess sometimes they, they do have vegan things, but mostly it's not um, the buffet afterwards. There's yeah. not many <laughs> vegan things and it's always so sad because I'm so greedy and I would like to eat lots of things. Uh, <laughs> but they never have anything for me. D- beer, they have beer, you know, and yeah, that's always okay. good. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> race in the Netherlands there they don't have any buffet mostly afterwards and then okay okay and in the running community are there any vegan role models or so that you that you follow yes um I think a lot of trail runners are now either vegan or um plant-based doesn't they they eat a lot of plant plants <laughs> in their diet in general <laughs> Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of trail runners are, especially. I'm not, I'm not sure about runners in, in general, but it's a definitely a trend that I've seen over the last few years. And um, when I first became a vegan, there was one um, ultra runner that I followed um, quite a lot called Sage Canaday, who's a who's a vegan, and I was very interested in in what he's competing at a very high level, and I was interested in the fact that he was a vegan. And now I'd say my role models in terms of vegan performance are probably the um, Elcott Helander twins. Um, you might not have heard of them, but they're very good trail runners uh, and they're both um, vegan and they also have a vegan account on Instagram that I follow and they make really nice, uh, interesting food. And I remember because um, I don't know if you've heard of the Transalpine Run and the trail run. Um, it's quite a, a popular trail run in, in Germany, Austria. And um, Fabio and I took part in, in a two day stage of it um maybe two years ago now and they were there too at the same time and I was just really amazed by them because they were just um they didn't have any of the I think the like the pasta party at the end where they would just have pasta and tomato sauce because they were so healthy they would go to the supermarket and just buy like all their vegan food and then just have like a snack afterwards and I was really impressed that they were they could think it through so much because I think I just ate pasta and tomato sauce for two days (laughs) (laughs) yeah and why do you think do so are so many trail runners becoming vegan? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't notice a, a change in my performance, but I think in general, people have noticed uh, changes in performance through veganism. There was, I think, a I'm not sure what it's called anymore, a series on Netflix all about all yeah. about it. Game changer, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, my parents watched it and told me all about it, but I haven't watched it myself actually. Uh, and I think that's probably why. I mean, I think being healthy and being an athlete do tend to go hand in hand because obviously what you put into your body has an impact on how you perform. Um, and I think that uh, several people have noticed maybe that um, fewer animal products at least generally have a positive impact on performance. That's what you get back from other athletes, you would say? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's my perception, obviously. It didn't, yeah. I don't know how much it applies to me because I haven't done that study on myself really so much, but um, that's what I've heard. And I think there has to be a reason why so many um, runners then, and other athletes as well, have decided to. Yeah, I was wondering maybe also in trail running, this entire ecological aspect becomes more and more important. And I guess being a vegan, you have a a smaller footprint um, and that counts maybe as well. But it would be interesting to to know a little bit more. I I watched the series, The Game Changer. I felt it was very 
out of one perspective it was always being vegan beats everything more or less mm -hmm. and yeah i was wondering if if uh, really on a wide basis so many people experience this that their performance just increases or gets better yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to know like a, a proper study yeah um we, did you ever hand in a, a bag of food or so before a race so that you yeah. did have something afterwards <laughs> <laughs> I did no I mean for, I I don't do ultra races anymore but I did um several years ago and at the time then obviously you can't well I I don't think that I would be able to survive on just gels and uh, that sort of food that you have to have kind of solid food at some point in time and I do remember um handing in a bag of potatoes <laughs> a bag of, yeah cooked potatoes um At the uh, one of the aid stations in for Madeira Island Ultra Race, um, because we had a drop bag and you could then get your food out. And I thought, okay, well, I need some potatoes. <laughs> um, I don't think I managed to eat them all when I actually got to that point. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's good. It's a good idea in general because I think for people running ultra races, it's probably more significant that they eat what's offered at the aid stations and I think during the Madeira Island ultra race there were lots and lots of things that you could eat as a vegan I think at the very end I was just surviving on coca-cola and bread <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I think then you either need to take your food with you or um, yeah check out in advance if they have anything that you can eat Yeah, I guess also during the eight stations, they will provide more and more vegan food if more athletes are vegan, actually. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a problem that will go away <laughs> in a few years. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, then let's come to the conclusion. If now the listeners are really eager to start on being being vegan, are, do you have any lessons learned that you could share? Something that you would have liked to know maybe before starting? Uh Yeah, I think if it's something that you really want to do and um, you're 100% convinced about, it doesn't feel like too much of a sacrifice because I think a lot of people are worried about, oh, I'm really going to miss cheese or I'm really going to miss milk or whatever. And I think after a few months when you've got when you've got used to it, um, I don't think those are necessarily things that you miss because there are so many options out there now for ve for vegans. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that I would have liked to know. And I also think I would have liked to know, a lot of people say, uh, if you're a vegan, you can just eat, eat and eat, and you never put on any weight. And this is not true. <laughs> you can put on weight as a vegan. And uh, you don't have to just eat all day like a grazing animal. Um, yeah. You can eat normally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's fine. What else? Um, oh, yeah. And I guess that you can, if, if you want to, it's up to you. You can still treat yourself and still eat, I don't know, sometimes junk food. You know, McDonald's has a vegan burger now as well not that I'm advocating for McDonald's but I just think that um it doesn't like I said with the sacrifice it doesn't necessarily always mean that you have to give absolutely everything up especially now there's so many vegan cakes in the um in the, the village next to ours right there's so many options yeah and I don't think it's necessarily a huge sacrifice if it's something that you want to do okay And if I say now I want to try it for, let's say, a month, and I'll start this weekend, how do I go about it? I would say, as I said beforehand, don't just cut out um, all the animal products from your from your diet and not re don't replace them with anything. So let's say you usually have steak, um, 
I don't know, potatoes and vegetables. Don't just eat potatoes and vegetables. I think it's really important to definitely at the start try out a few vegan recipes, um, but ones that really appeal to you. So not just, um, oh, that looks like it's going to be to be easy, but things that you think you'd really enjoy eating. So it doesn't, so it's fun, right, at the start as well. Yeah, and I would, yeah, I'd say that. And for you personally, what would you say are your top, advantages of being vegan yeah i mean i don't know if i don't know if they would count as as benefits for me personally but i'd say my definitely my top one is that i feel happy about my relationship to animals around the world i'm very i'm a big animal lover and i think that um i feel happy about the fact that i don't um contribute to their harm maybe um, that's a really important thing for me. I Can think, I, oh, yeah. Maybe on that, you have two dogs. Isn't it difficult to um, yeah. to know you buy them meat all the time then? Yeah. Because I think, it's mostly not the best yeah. meat probably. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's especially with our um, first dog. So Oreo, he was allergic to a lot of things. So he could only eat specific things anyway. And yes, you're very right. It's something that I do struggle with. I know a few vegans that feed their dogs vegan food. That's not something we do. I don't really have an answer there. I don't I don't feel wonderfully happy about it, but I don't know if I'd feel really happy about feeding my dog vegan food either as a carnivore. So yeah, I just try not to not to think about that one as much as possible and just think about myself. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, in general, I think the, the animal thing for me is, is important. And now, I guess, over the last few years, the environmental impact, we talked about the carbon footprint a little bit as well. I think it's something that I've also, I also want to work on for myself. So reducing plastic, trying not to, I tried to avoid um, taking flights. So I took the train all the way back to England the last time I went to see my parents, uh, which was a long time. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but things like that. And I think the the that veganism contributes to that mm, yeah and otherwise um I don't know I think it makes me feel feel relatively healthy as well I'm not a huge fan of the of the clean eating not that I'm not a fan of the clean eating trend but this kind of eat clean and don't ever eat anything that's unhealthy and be the best you but in general I like um the fact that um that veganism means that I tend to eat more healthy maybe than I otherwise would, um, because I guess there is more incentive to eat lots of vegetables and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, and it probably also makes you discover more new ingredients or new vegetables yeah. or something. Yeah, I think I think definitely through veganism I have discovered more more vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, cool. Thanks for sharing all your thoughts on veganism. To round it up, do you have any social media links where people can follow you, maybe to follow your recipes or maybe your performance as well? <laughs> I did used to post some recipes on my Instagram, but now it's just a collection of dog pictures <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, running things. But maybe I'll do I'll do some do some more um, food stuff. <laughs> Um, well, but yes, yeah, no, I, so I have an Instagram that I use quite regularly, which is my first name, Aoife, A-O-I-F-E, underscore, underscore, quickly, Q-U-I-G-L-Y. Yeah, and I also have Facebook, but I don't really use it that much. Mostly I use my Instagram. 
Hmm. And Strava as well, right? Oh, yes, you're right. I also have Strava. I'll put those two in the show notes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you agree. (laughs) Yes, I agree. They're both public anyway. (laughs) Okay, other than that, any final note from you or should we finish the episode for today? Uh, We can finish the episode. I think it would be really nice if more people became vegan. (laughs) Um, Because, as you can see from me... It doesn't mean that you end up becoming very weak and unable to do anything. And one of the proudest moments of my life is when someone said to me, um, a friend of ours, um, he said he'd always wanted to be vegan, but that um, after talking to me, I was what encouraged him to come vegan because he was so worried beforehand that he would be a lot weaker as a result of veganism and, and the fact that I'm able to run races at a relatively high level had convinced him that it's possible to be vegan and not to fall to pieces. So I hope that more people might think that way. <laughs> that yeah, that's nice. a nice finishing note. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. 